Ladies and gentlemen of the worldwide interwebs, good evening and welcome to Joe's People. It's a Catholic podcast, but it's not totally lame. This time on the big show, Joe laughs it up with his good friend Jane. They banter about what they gave up for Lent and Austin getting an auxiliary bishop. Then Joe's good friend Jennifer Lassiter joins them to discuss being Catholic and an environmental engineer. It's more fun than a papal airplane interview. And now, the man who makes me a better Catholic. Wait. Weren't you the reason the Pope had to put out his latest encyclical? Hey, stick to the script. And now, the man who makes me a better Catholic, Mr. Joe Geisler. All right, so we are back. Uh, no, sorry, we're not back. Well, that was the that was an awesome intro, and um, so I'm here this week <laughs> with my friend Jane, and we were going to discuss how to pronounce your last name. Uh, you know how to pronounce my last name. I think I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. But just for the crowd, you know, just, uh, uh, so it's R-Y-N-G-A-E-R-T. That's right. That's, it's Ringart. No, right? it's Rangart. Rangart. Okay, see, I knew how to, I was just doing it for the crowd, just yeah. so, you know, so they would, uh. Yeah, know. totally. And it's Flemish, right? It is, it's Flemish, which so, is Belgium. Yeah. Not Flem. So it's not Flem, so you're not from Flem. No. Okay, I see. I mean, you can see how people would make that mistake, though. No. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, now, uh, what was it, uh, oh, yeah, so, uh, it's, it's I, I don't like to date the podcast, but it is Lent right now, so I... Is it? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's cold in Austin for Southerners, but, yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I, for Lent, I was, I gave up milk for Lent, which, uh, pretty much I swicked, I, I tried coconut milk, and then I tried, uh, cashew milk, and, like, I don't really want to even think like how to get the milk out of the cashews but mm. but so it's different you know but yeah so no what, what did you know you said you didn't give up anything for lent no right? i'm doing something for lent so you're doing so what are you doing now well every day of lent i either do something that i really don't want to do or yeah. i give up something that i do want to do oh yeah so does this count being a co-host does that count as something you wouldn't normally kind of. do? i mean in the that? sense that i didn't really didn't want to leave my house today okay because it was cold and rainy it is, you know. but, but see, by the time people listen to this, it might be like 100 degrees out in Austin. And, they'll, and you're they, assuming they'll listen to it at all. Possibly, yeah. Well, like, usually like one or two. Like, Juliana will listen. She's probably, you know. <laughs> Hi, Juliana. Yeah, so pretty much just do this for her now, because <laughs> she's the only fan, really. But my brother listens sometimes. So so there's that. There's two. But, yeah? Yeah, yeah they, they listen occasionally. Yeah. Well, I'm big good. in Mexico, apparently. And Brazil. Oh. No, not, no, that, actually, no, I think I might be. Robot. There's robots. In Brazil, but no, I'm big in Spain. Uh, and uh, was it Spain? No, I think we got hits from Portugal. Uh, there was one on and, there. Uh, yeah, so it's you know worldwide, pretty much. Yeah, here and wow, now. that's yeah, impressive. So. It is. It's it's awesome. I impress myself. Yeah. So uh, then, um, what a uh, oh yeah. So um, yeah, I'll interview you at some point too. I believe. So I think we agreed to that. And then um, definitely. Um, Oh, yeah, so we have the bishop's ordination coming up. So we're getting an auxiliary bishop in Austin. So yes. everybody wanted to know. Most people are like, well, yeah, that's great. What's an auxiliary bishop? So, mm-hmm. And then it's just, he's, he's, he's an actual bishop because he has a, 
there's an Episcopal ordination. Um, so he's, he's effectively a bishop, but, um, but he's not in charge of the diocese. So he sort of helps with the diocese. Mm. But yeah, like in the, um, in the past, uh, we've had a, uh, we have a vicar general. I think we'll still have a vicar general who is sort of in charge of the day-to-day administration. Right. But, um, but now we'll have an auxiliary bishop as well, which means, you know, Austin's getting bigger and more important. So... Which, you know... I thought it was always important. It, it, it has been. Yeah, it's just that now Rome is recognizing our importance. So it's, you know... Yeah, and we'll have the That's cardinal... That's a good thing. It is, yeah. It's, it's good. We're growing. And, uh... Well, I'm here. I mean, you know, that should... That right there, that should, you know... That helps things, you know, so... And then, um... The cardinal's gonna come in, do the... I think I think he'll be doing the ordination. Do the ordination, right? Yeah. And, um... I went to my, my friend Bishop uh, Mike Sis's ordination, and... Yeah, Episcopal ordination's kind of, it's pretty fun, actually, because there was, like, there was about uh, 30 bishops or so, I think, at, at his ordination, and um, right. the papal nuncio comes to town, so mm-hmm. it'll be that, and then, um, uh, there was a bunch of, um, there's, you know, there's bishops, there's about 160 priests at his thing, and then there was the, um, there was the equestrian order of the Knights of the Holy Sepulcher, they all showed up, so. Wow. Yeah. You knew that all these people existed, you know? I know, yeah. It was, uh, and then they they had the uh, the ladies of the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, or ladies of the Holy Sepulchre. But they they they're all dressed in black um, hmm. with uh, veils on. Cool. So that was kind of cool. That's pretty uh, cool. Where's yeah. the Where's the ordination going to be? It's going to be at St. William's. Right. Because so the cathedral's too small. Yeah. And I, see, I thought it would be good to have it like in a basketball stadium or something, so everybody could come. But it's going to be like invite only. Um, and I, I was going to kind of. It's a bummer. It is, but although I was invited, so it's not too bad. But um, mm. yeah, well, just because I'm doing stuff around the diocese. But right. but yeah, and then I was see. The thing is, I was like, well, you know, I, I was waiting and I didn't get my invite, mm-hmm. and then I got a letter from the diocese, and I thought, oh, this must be it. And then it's like, no, it's my receipt for my my um, CSA for your donation. donation. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Then a couple of days later, I got, I got my invite. Well, you gotta get your re- your receipt first. Yeah. You need that for your taxes. Yeah, it's that's it is important. But yeah, but then. Uh, but then I can only, I can't bring anybody though, so otherwise I'd you know mm. I'd have a, had a guest or an entourage so which I can't complain mm. too much but um, seems so. like an inappropriate place to bring an entourage. Yeah, you'd think the bishop should be or cardinal should have an entourage, but maybe I should keep mine you know outside or something. Right. Yeah. But what about the uh, let's see? Oh yeah, so um, uh, ordination. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I, I feel like I need an after party. Really, for the for the ordination, ordination like oh, there should Tuesday be one. night. Yeah, still there could be. There's swing dancing on Tuesday nights, so that could be. Or you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be a lot of priests in town. I'm sure. Um, probably probably going to go to bed. No, go, to wake go to, up for go six to or, I thought maybe like you know Fados or something like that. Like the last time there was there was a bunch of priests in some bar, in uh in San Angelo, and then uh, one of them gave me a blessing for my birthday uh, after I, cool. I bought him a beer. So, so that was that was kind of cool. Let's just be clear that the beer was not exchanged for the blessing. No, no, that's not an really. important distinction. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, no, it was, it was free and reasons. it was free and clear. Yeah. So yeah, it was all it was only up and up, and then uh, uh, yeah, I went to confession the other uh, yesterday. So um, one of my friends mentioned they were going. I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably go. Yeah. And, uh, it was awesome because there was like no line because it was cold. Right. So um, so it was pretty sweet. I just went in in and out. 
Um, yeah. That was good. I tried to go to confession yesterday at 8.30. That was going to be my thing that I did that I really didn't want to do. 8.30 in the morning? Yeah. I was get out of my house at 8.30 in the morning and go to confession. Who has a confession that early? St. Louis. Oh, okay. So, I tried to drive there, yeah. right? And there's a ton of fire trucks and all these people blocking the overpass over Mopac. Hmm. And they told me I couldn't go because the bridge had iced. And as of 8.30 that morning, they had already had five wrecks. Hmm. So, so Satan didn't want you going to confession, obviously. Or, yeah. Or it wasn't in God's plan or something like right, that. Right, something so. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, what's nice is, like, after I go to confession, I feel like I should sit in the front of the cathedral for Mass mm-hmm. and then not in the back with the tax collectors. Just and feel, feel lighter, and those, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Having but, all your sins removed. Yeah, I like to, um, I like to, you know, I, I take the Pharisee seat up front. Yeah. And I, I pray that, you know, I would, see, I'm going to make the, we talked about this actually, making the, making the Pharisee prayer into a card. Yeah. So it'll be like a little prayer card that says like, oh God, I thank, I thank, I'm thankful I'm not like other men. I tithe and I, <laughs> and I fast so many times a week. So, but then have a, have a little disclaimer, like do not pray this and right. then flip it over and then have the prayer of the tax collector on the back maybe. So. So it's, you know, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah. Choose which way you want to go really. So do you want to be justified or not? You know, so leave it up to you. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I bet you someone's already done it. Could be. Uh, I'll, I'll hunt around and make sure it hasn't happened yet. So Hmm. I want it to be very, I want it to be like in script. Like, like a real nice, or at least start with like a big script. Oh, like, Oh God, I think, you know, you need the one side, the, the tax collector's prayer to be really simple. And the other side should be pretty ornate and just, you know, yeah. Nice and flowery. Right. Exactly. A lot of gold. So it looks like that's the prayer you're supposed to say. Yeah. So it's also a lesson, you know, in not judging a book by its cover. I think you could work on a lot of levels. It could. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, so this week now we're going to interview uh, Jen Lassiter. Yes, so. we are. Actually, she prefers Jennifer, I think, but I, I call her Jen. Uh, yes, I do usually yeah. go by Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll call her Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, and then uh, yeah, so we'll uh, uh, we'll be interviewing her and. Uh, What'd uh, she do? Uh, she's an environmental engineer, and then we'll, we'll but we're not about entirely. What that is. Yeah, right? we're not. We're not sure. We don't what, really know what that is, but we'll we'll ask her that. So. Right. But so yeah, it'll. I'm sure it'll be. It should be an interesting interview. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be back. This is Mary McClory, M, little C, big C, little L-O-R-Y, and you're listening to Joe's People. He's a nasty guy. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes him anywhere once they get to know him. Mm-hmm. I'll edit all this out anyway. But yeah, so, uh, all right, so we are back, and now we're joined by my good friend, Jennifer Lassiter. How's it going, Jen? I'm pretty good, thanks. So, um... All right, so now, um, oh yeah, so yeah, the one thing I want to mention is that uh, you and Brian are the ones that got me swing dancing. So, and I think, uh, yes, you're one of the. Yes, f- we did. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm thinking like you're probably one of the. F- yes, you're one of the first girls I, I swing danced with. Uh, pretty, actually, I think you may have actually taught me East Coast swing after, after I took a beginner class. Yeah, they were making yeah. it a little complicated. <laughs> yes, yeah, you actually made it much easier. So yeah, and then we've shagged many times, which. Uh, Although I see a way to point out that it's... Uh, I've lost count, that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, no, but... Which is collegiate shag, which is uh, one of my favorite forms. It still doesn't forms sound of, that much better. It doesn't sound... No, it's, it's one of my form, uh, favorite forms of swing dancing, you know, collegiate shag. So. Uh. It comes from the from the word shagger, which is um, used to be, what, a vaudeville dancer. 
they're called shaggers, right? I'm so. not sure that makes it better either. Yeah, well, I, well it's vaudeville's okay. It's you know, it's not a, it's not nothing really awful. It's a little. It's vaudeville. It wasn't cabaret. You know, yeah, it's not cabaret. You know, so it's just a, it was dancers. They called them shaggers. Hmm. But yeah, so um, interesting. Uh, yeah, and um, so yeah, so uh, see, I want to get into your environmental work and all that, but see, we should just start uh, with uh, like you know where. Uh, where were you born and where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Topeka, Kansas, and I also grew up there. And then I wasn't in a huge hurry, actually, to get to Texas. So it was a few months after I finished my undergraduate in Kansas. Okay. So, yeah, I went, to Kansas, I went to Emporia State, actually, first few years, and then I transferred to Kansas State University, which is where I earned my, my chemical engineering degree, my, okay, my so bachelor's. Okay. And so I moved down here to Austin when I got a job. Yeah. Working for the state environmental agency. Were you looking to come to Texas, or not was it just where the job worked not out? Exactly. I, most of the other interviews I had, some of them were in the you know in the area of Kansas, Missouri, nearby. Mm-hmm. And I did interview with a Dow site down here. That's got me starting to look at Texas. Okay. Hmm. So that was initially in my mind when mm-hmm. I graduated. See, I didn't know this, and I've known Jen for I don't know. Eight, nine years, probably. You didn't know so. she was from Kansas? No, I knew that. I, I just didn't know where she went to school exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or I may. Uh, or I, I, may, I just didn't ask. Yeah. So. But this is why I interview people. Is so I ask the things that I probably should know already about them. Right. Yeah. So you might so. get this question all the time, but is there no place like home? Yeah, I do. I actually do still enjoy going home. Mm-hmm. And I usually end up going home once, at least once a year. Sometimes that, twice, but yeah. That was a... Uh, um, uh, Wizard of Oz quote. You know, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That was a uh, that's a meme going. She over. ignored it like a pro. Yeah, she did. Yeah. The, well, the, what was the? Um, there's a picture of Dorothy and Toto, mm-hmm. and she says, "I miss Kansas," and Toto says, "I miss the rains down in Africa." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. It is awesome. No. Uh, yeah. So um, now, uh, okay. Then you got into so you got into uh, environmental engineering. Uh, so, uh, so when you studied chemical engineering, you were already fo- getting focused into that in undergrad, or how did you? Uh... A little bit. Uh, what really pushed me into it was that we had uh, this. Well, there was one professor, and then also the gen- a gentleman, I, gentleman guy I sat next to. And incidentally, his name was Brian, and he was married and probably still is to a Jennifer. Um, well, we shared a table together usually in, the, in our chemical engineering classes, mm-hmm. and he had this internship that one of our professors had helped him find uh, in Nebraska, actually. And so what really got me in the environmental thing was taking, um, was talking with this friend of mine, Brian, not my husband. Yeah, different Brian. <laughs> not the Brian who became my husband. And, uh, and about his internship in Nebraska, and then this professor who had a seminar on environmental issues. And I took that seminar, and I ended up going and interning for the same program up in Nebraska oh, that great. my classmate was also doing. And it was actually in pollution prevention. Cool. Um, which then I did some air quality for a little while when I got down here. So I kind of did a sidetrack. But for me, this might get into some of your other questions too, Joe. Um, for me, I'm like always looking like for like this, like the source of a problem or like what's this aiming for like the solid fundamentals. What's, what's kind of at the heart and the base. What's, what can you really get at the heart of a problem or, you know, so that's for me. So I saw pollution prevention, which is where you, are looking to actually be more efficient with your resource use mm-hmm. to avoid right. discharging stuff to the water, the air, the right. land, and um, and even like selecting like what what raw materials you actually put in so that you can avoid 
the issues and all the costs associated with polluting. Yeah, polluting with hand dealing right. with all that. You know, just it's the on-site issues as well as the stuff you create for the people around you know and plants and animals around you. So, so not cleaning up so much as not doing it in the first. Yeah, place. the whole an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure kind of mm-hmm. strategy. So. Now I heard that cow farts were like a big source of pollution. Now why was it? It, it was, was like methane. methane. methane I mean, right? that's so, for yeah, us that's, too. Uh, it's mostly yeah. Methane, so it's yeah. okay. So it's, people, it's it's an animal thing. So the less <laughs> people do, the better. On, or yeah, I just cows thought, too. I, I don't know, maybe it, to uh, prevent that kind of pollution, just eat, eat fewer beans, maybe? Okay. <laughs> and then the cows, uh, and then just eat fewer cows. and then But see, that, yeah, if we don't eat them, then they're going to be farting and causing methane. And maybe we'll need fewer of, the, fewer okay, of yeah, them if we're not eating, cows, you know, a hamburger every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, so, um, and then... But yeah, so I brought me, de- and I got down to Texas, and I got back into that. It's interesting. So that, actually, that, through that internship, I met someone with the EPA, hmm. and he then told me, look at Texas if you want to get a job, uh, you know, an envir- a big environmental agency. Yeah. I think we're only, he on here, we're just a little bit, just the next agency, like after the EPA, said it's the next biggest agency, like environmental regulatory agency. So Your it's... comment about beans reminded me that I left some on the stove, so okay. I just had to contact my roommate make sure that was taken care, care of. care of him. Yeah. should be fine. I'm glad the podcast could, you know, could serve in that manner. You know, so yeah. And <laughs> so. But yeah. So, what was your? Well, what's uh? So then now the um the the EPA is down here. How big is the EPA down in Texas? Uh, is the EPA here, or is it another organization that you said was here? Well, there's an EPA regional office. Mm-hmm. It's in the Dallas area. Okay, I see. Or I think it's actually maybe in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I've actually never been to their office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there, uh, but the. The Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. Oh. That yeah. I were started working for them. My first stint was in two thousand one and two. So and I did graduate school. And then went back um, because I met someone. And actually, I'm working with this person again um, in an organization called the Zero Waste Network, mm-hmm. where we're focused more on the pollution prevention side of things. Um, and so after I went left graduate school, I did some air quality research and atmospheric chemistry modeling uh then i went back and event in about about a a year or so i got into the pollution prevention area which is really interesting because you work with a wide variety of industries on waste reduction strategies so Mm -hmm. well how is uh like how is texas's air quality in general though i mean did did you ever look at that or i mean you look at did you do studies and uh I imagine you, it would vary across Texas. Yeah, it varies across right? Texas, obviously. Right? Yeah, different areas. Have I know, different uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just horrible in um, uh, in Beaumont, right? So uh, we had a friend that went to school there, and there's just sulfur everywhere, right? So refineries. But uh, where, where did you your did you, you so you did some research in air quality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, I studied there in the Houston Gal Greater Houston Galveston area. Oh yeah, so. that's gonna be yeah, brutal. Yeah, my my job was I was specifically <laughs> looking at. Uh, kind of determining the background some of the background chemistry mm-hmm. yeah. there's so many different pieces of those models it's the complexity is really you know amazing that i was actually looking at the, what was being emitted by trees hmm. and seeing how they were oh. contributing to it's called secondary secondary organic aerosol basically particulate matter yeah so i wanted yeah. to take that out of what the human sources are factories and cars and oh cool. we're producing to figure out which, how much was from the, the natural, you know, the natural background, and how much is the actual, you know, what the impact we're having by our, our activities. 
Well, yeah, isn't, um, I mean, one of the biggest greenhouse gases is water vapor, right? Um, understood, right? And then I thought tree, uh, trees emit water vapor, right? So, but, you know, necessarily that that's a bad thing. But as far as Texas air quality, I mean, they're, they're different areas. We still have some areas of what they call non-attainment or for ozone. Yeah. Um, like the Houston area and the DFW area. And in Austin, we're, we've been near non-attainment for a while. And as our population grows, it can become more of a concern. Even like El Paso, it's particulate matter because they just have so much dust out there to dry. Uh, I mean, they have concerns with the visibility and dust on the Big Bend area. So it's, but then of course the air moves all around and we get affected by air, you know, from outside of our state and outside of our country too. So the air is, it's everywhere, right? And uh, the, so attainment is what exactly? Attaining the certain levels of different, there are uh, several criteria pollutants that the EPA has established, among them ozone, particulate matter of a certain size or smaller, and like sulfur, dox, sulfur oxides, nitrogen oxides, volatile organic compounds. There's different levels of these things. I guess no, VOC actually, what would it be? I might have misquoted, <laughs> but yeah, there's certain things in the air that they look for. And most for most areas, it's ozone or particulate matter that are of concern. And now cedar pollen, that's like connected. the most, cedar oh, well, yeah, pollen's the most, though, that's actually the most toxic, right? So I know it's toxic, but it's, yeah, it's just so. there, it's an irritant. There's so much of it. Yeah. So we can't cut all, down all the cedar trees, though. That's, that would just be... Wouldn't mind cutting down some over, of them, but... Yeah, it'd be overkill, I suppose, yeah. And what about, did they measure, like, how many tumbleweeds, or is that, that's a whole, whole different... Um, that's like a different department. Probably, uh, maybe, yeah, I think that might be somebody you know. else. Maybe maybe yeah. the Bureau of Land Management or something. I don't know. Okay. So, um, okay, yes. Yeah, so then you uh, um, you did your you did your master's. You did, uh, got into air quality measurements. Uh, worked for TCEQ. Um, and then um, okay, so now you have a uh, you have a blog where you talk about environmental issues now, right? Uh, yeah, I do typically post uh, about once a week or so on Austin Eco Network, mm -hmm. and a lot of the things I've been posting recently have been more related to green building, um, and, and as well as renewable energy. I I hang out with, okay, every month I go to the Solar Austin event at, it's a Solar Austin happy hour, mm -hmm. but we have some, we have some really good speakers. Now, is it all hippies, or is it, uh, there's no um, normal people, or is it... Uh... It's a variety of people. You've okay. got your professionals who are <laughs> solar installers in other related, like, financing and everything from commercial and utility to the rooftop guys and gals, and mm -hmm. then people who are wanting to get solar on their roof, or they want for their to do something with their homeowners association. It's uh, generally, and there are people, like, I've met people through, who are interested in electric vehicles at the, and, and solar. There's a fair amount of cross-pollination between those communities and a lot of people who own solar have an electric vehicle and vice versa. Yeah. Sometimes one comes for, for the other, but, you know, um, I mean, we do have both ourselves here at this house. Um, yeah, you guys have your solar panels. Right. Yeah, they were, they were installed back in 2007, 2008. So the green building and solar thing is, like, very much of interest, but I also still, like I said, doing work in the pollution prevention area. And so... I thought it was really interesting recently that I was studying the website with the program I'm working with and that we have like things about like construction science education and uh, it's a little bit old, hasn't been updated for a while, but there was some residential construction, like green home building topic so, hub, like information on these topics connected to these. Like, oh, it's interesting. So, 
Well, yeah, like in green building, like, I mean, what's the biggest, you know, what are the simplest things people can do, or what's the, what's the main thing people do to make a, make a house more green? Like an existing facility? Well, existing no, 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 house? Or, or, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, for instance, yeah, we'll just start with existing, um, I'm guessing, you know, putting an insulation and putting up, uh, um, putting up some kind of, some kind of shielding for, on their windows, right? Yeah, I'd say yeah. The, the biggest things you can do, yeah, good, good windows, good insulation, um. And tightening it up because you want to actually, yeah, ideally you want to have your, what they call it, like the building envelope, like the, you want it, like the roof and the walls and everything to all be sealed up, and then, but then have places where you can open windows so you can get cross ventilation. And it does depend on the orient orientation of your house because a lot of our breezes that will actually help you cool your house are out, more out of the south or southeast Yeah. during the hotter months. And so... You want those breezes to come in through, and so but you want to be able to control that, and it's also when there's less pollen in the air too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cedars are cedars worse. Yeah, uh, sometimes you don't during the hot, cold Texas months, air. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so those things like that, you, what you can do to actually have control of ventilation and and be able to seal it up, so like during these cold months, you can have it tightened up. So, and the ventilation is good then too because it helps you with your indoor air quality to get out. I mean, that's the thing. We spend so much time inside, like 95% for a lot of us, that, this, you know, the state of air quality indoors in our offices and other warehouses, schools, homes, it's, that's an important factor, too. It reminds so me that's I part once, of green building also. <laughs> I bought some of that new car smell, and I sprayed it in my cube, and I thought it's almost like, you know, new cube smell, and it, it did not go over well. That really, it took a, so the, our indoor air quality went down. For a while, yeah, I might have irritated some people. I'm not, I'm not sure what's in there. It's, it's. I don't think it's anything good because it's yeah, a lot of outgassing of like really mm. toxic stuff that gives you that new car smell. Mm. So yeah, so in general, you don't want to spray that in a confined space. Yeah, or, generally, if you've got a bad yeah. smell, the best thing to do is to open, if you can, open a window or a vent and get it out of there. Yeah. Instead of bringing something else smelly in, because a lot of those things will have be synthetic, organic, you know, volatile organic compounds in it, and. Some of those are probably suspected or fairly well connected to, you know, being a carcinogen. <laughs> so, but that new like cancer, smell, I mean, that's hard to beat. I mean, that, that just right. it just it's smells like smell. success and you know newness and you know. I, I just want America. Uh, I just hope my, my if when we yeah. get our, our leaf, it doesn't have too much new car smell. <laughs> just leave the windows open all the time. <laughs> that's one solution. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so like it, then like new new construction. Then how do people? Is it you know how do, how do you how do you make it green? Is it, it the building materials themselves? Um, That's certainly one piece of it. Um, looking at certainly, it's interesting that green building is tied to you know healthier buildings as well as more energy efficient buildings. And yeah, so the materials are of concern, um, both on the inside and the outside, because you can have this really wonderfully energy efficient house, energy and water efficient and everything house, and then you have if you put stuff into it that's not healthy, that's kind of I think defeats some of the purpose. Yeah, but, yeah. So yeah, the utility materials, but a lot of it, um, actually just a week ago I was at at the Home Builders Association and they're doing a green boot seminar on design. So it's a lot of it is a design of you look at the site and you figure out where can I how can I put a, a house on here so that we can take advantage of the winds, how we can minimize solar heat gain because you want to, you know, have so it turns out that in our area that if you have the short ends of the house, the short walls of the house on, towards the east and towards the west, 
that's the best thing. And then you have the south side, so you can get good solar exposure. Yeah, putting yeah. your solar panels on there with your south-facing sloping roof at approximately 30-degree angle. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's our latitude. We're at 30, about 30 degrees north. And you, and you can get satellite reception better that way, too. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of wear the satellite. Yeah. And, and you have a deeper overhang, so that when the sun is low in the winter, you can get a little bit of solar heat gain through the windows. Hmm. But then you can put your porch there, too. we got this, you know overhang so but then your windows in the summertime aren't getting hit by the sun and letting in the, the heat mm. so you don't heat up the inside of the house yeah but yeah you can get just they said they showed this figure that if you have a house oriented with a long axis or with your long walls going east west you can you use about 30 percent more on air conditioning yeah but i mean doesn't right. it depend on you can uh, save so it's a lot of its design you know making yeah. sure yeah you got your know, good orientation orientation so you can get what they call good uh, passive solar design but i mean most houses are um i mean they have to fit you know they're going to face the the street obviously and uh um I, I don't know they tend to be wider than they are deep though right um but i guess you can you can always change that <laughs> i mean although you still have to have the entrance so you want to have the entrance normally facing the street right but uh, yeah you know what connected to the garage i mean yeah I think people might be able to get on board with a different home design if they save thirty percent on air conditioning for oh yeah the rest yeah. of forever. yeah and could have actual nice breezes when they go out on the porch and they can yeah. actually sit outside. And the nice mm-hmm. thing about breezes too, it keeps the mosquitoes away. When you got moving air, mm-hmm. if the air is moving through there, then God no, yay! Right. It's way different. When you can also do different things. If you can't get the house exactly that orientation, you can do different things to deflect wind around by. Putting like a, a breezeway mm-hmm. in different places so you can get another place where you could get breezes or so mm. it's it's not you have to have it that way but that's just the easiest so if you do have windows that get a lot of sun exposure i mean what's the best thing to do about an existing window like that? um you can get some kind of an awning particular mm-hmm. or something i think or there there is solar screening but then it like these windows behind you have them and it can make it a little harder to see out mm. Depending on how much, mm-hmm. how thick the screen is, an awning might be better if you still want to be able to look out look at, out at your yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you have a nice flower bed out there, garden or whatever. I know that they garden. said in the Middle East. Um, so they have they they used to have a um, uh, or you know typical design was to have a courtyard in the middle of the the house. So they would have all the outside windows would be very tiny, uh, anything facing out, and then it, but all the windows faced into the main courtyard. But that was mostly a tax dodge. Because like they were, I guess they were afraid that like if the king rode by on a camel or something, then he saw mm-hmm. he saw inside how much stuff you had, then he'd tax you more, or he might kill mm-hmm. you and take your stuff. So like it was all basically you know tax friendly design. So, <laughs> but uh, but I like the idea of a courtyard. I don't know if that's that would be fr- uh, environmentally friendly or not. But I'm pretty, pretty sure you know I could find a way to make that work. And not having not having a arch, strong architecture background. But, you know, there, there were some designs that I, that one of the architects showed that kind of showed a, a three-sided house kind of thing you could do, too. Hmm. Three-sided. To have kind of a, you know, like a courtyard kind of thing yeah. where you could have your garden or patio area. So. And the St. Francis uh, statue. Or, or yeah, yeah, and, and the... And the just to give a Catholic... Uh, well, the Catholic, yeah, too, the, yeah. The St. Yeah. Francis yeah. out there, yeah. Got to do that, yeah. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll be back. Uh, uh, I want to ask you about your, your brother, the priest. So, oh, certainly. Yeah. All right. Hi, this is Sherry Lamonte. And I'm Father Jim Evans of the Mary's Touch radio series. And we have a secret. Yes, we do. Vinny Flynn, author of The Seven Secrets of Divine Mercy, will be here in Austin Friday, September 23rd. 
So join us at San Jose Catholic Church from 6 to 9 p.m. and listen to this best-selling author and renowned Catholic speaker, Vinnie Flynn. Hear Vinnie Flynn, buy his book, and get his autograph. No secret about that. Get tickets at marystouch.org. See you Friday, September 23rd, 6 p.m. at San Jose Catholic Church to hear Vinnie Flynn talk about the seven secrets of divine mercy. Go to marystouch.org to purchase your tickets now. One of Joe's people, you're listening to Joe's people. Why not pop around to our website at joespeople.com. That's J-O-E-S-P-E-O-P-L-E dot com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Joe's People. Thank you ever so much. All right, so we are back. And, um, yes, we were... Oh, actually, okay, so first I wanted to ask about... So um, so now your brother's a priest, right? Mm, um, yes, he uh, was ordained about oh, about um, almost six years ago. Cool. And then, wait, so he... Um, I'm trying to think. Was he? Did he do the? Did he do Gabriel's baptism? Your son's uh, baptism? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... he was a deacon, so a transitional deacon. Okay, at that so point. he's able to do a. He can do a baptism at that point. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And then, um, uh, uh, what was it? What's what was it like to uh, to grow up with a guy that eventually became a priest? Was that uh, was that okay or uh, was he more? Was he preachy or how how'd that how that work? Well, we, we did call <laughs> we did call him Mister Encyclopedia, but uh, I was in his text his technicality, so. Oh, so it went well. Yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> I would go, well, technically. And he would go, well, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I mean, he uh, he was a pretty good student. We were both good students and, you know, generally didn't give our parents too much grief. But, uh, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't have necessarily thought my brother was necessarily going to join the priesthood. And I was very active in youth group and everything, especially in high school. And so, it's kind of interesting to watch like my, my brother and my cousins, younger cousins, get into the youth group because they kind of regard my family kind of like, oh, it's Jennifer's youth group. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, the last conversation I had with my aunt was about one of my cousins, like, oh, so and so, yeah, Rachel's in your youth group now. <laughs> like, so, so you but, owned it. It was. Yeah. It wasn't Jesus's youth group. It was uh, Jennifer. Yeah, it wasn't. So, it must be part okay. of Mary's, or yeah, like, okay, well, for them. But yeah. um, but my brother, yeah, you know, he. But then the music, he was really into good, into good in math and science. We both were all, you know. So, but I mean, in some ways, he said, said, yeah, you were a bit domineering when it came to pretend stuff. So, <laughs> like, kind of, you know, decided would be the one dictating how it went a lot of times. But, uh, so, math know. and science, he could have been a good engineer, but then mm, Yeah, but he really liked so, music. Okay, yeah. yeah, his degrees huh. in music, besides his degrees in uh, divinity. Okay. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I guess he... He like he gave me some Chris like, yeah, you actually were a pretty good role model, you know. That's uh, good. you know, that and it's nice to have you know, we can kind of can sometimes we occasionally confer with one another, you know, just uh you get free spiritual direction now. So um, actually yeah, he's been doing some spiritual direction. He's seems to be uh, getting recognized for doing good work, so Cool. See my dad always thought that if one of his sons became a priest that he he's that's a free ticket to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much just like he, he's like that that way. he's a shoe in. So did, oh, did, you, did your grand, uh, your, or sorry, your, your father think uh, 
Is that a does he wear that that rule? That, like, uh, no, actually, my my dad is an yeah. seminarian. Okay, so. so you know he kind of wanted us. And my parents were took the approach, you know, that for us to pursue. You know, they would they would introduce us to different kinds of you know extra extracurricular activities or encourage us if we were interested in certain topics at school. You know, if we wanted to do more with it. So, you know, they were they were supportive when when I came home and said I wanted to go and study chemical engineering and. My brother said he wanted to study saxophone at, you know, saxophone performance. I said, great. And then when he was considering graduates, you know, after his master's, considering PhD, DMA, or, or seminary, huh? He'd been, you know, very active at the Catholic seminary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, both of us did that while we were in our, our undergraduate. We were very, you know, active in the Catholic center, you know, the student center communities. So. Cool. Yeah, I think it had some lot to do with forming our our vocations, you know, our aware and awareness of vocation and what we wanted to do. So, I'd be concerned if, like, one of my brothers was a priest, that then I couldn't really argue religion with him. Then, so I just have to give up and argue with something like something else, politics, or you know, something. I don't know. We, we just they, 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 they go, "Well, I'm a priest, so I get to, you know, obviously <laughs> I know what I'm talking about." So just shut up, right? So, yeah. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so I want to jump back to environmentalism. Now, we were talking over the break about um, the like the theology of environmentalism, and you, you talked about how uh, your theology of the body. Um, uh, See, so you, you know, you, you and Brian. I, I remember actually when we met, it was um, uh, or one or the sec- I think it might have been the second time I met. It was you, you guys are running a theology of the body, uh, um, not quite a seminar, but just a group where we were listening to, to Christopher West. Mm-hmm. Yes, and actually it was just like so I was the only one that showed up. So it was you and me and Brian. And then sometimes one other person, other, yeah. But staring at each other while Christopher West talks about sex, so that was that was interesting, yeah. It, and not at all awkward in Sounds any not in any. W- it wasn't awkward in any way, but uh, <laughs> well, because of course you're all mature adults. We are. Well, at least they are. Most but yeah, of the time, yeah, mostly. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, so the theology of the body, how that sort of feeds into environmentalism. Um, yeah, I guess my theology of the body and understanding of us being as you know, stewards of creation. Um, but a lot of what theology of the body did for me was to give me. Uh, a bigger picture, I guess, mm-hmm. of theological topics, thinking about how, you know, we're both physical and spiritual, and that's what makes us human. Mm-hmm. The fact that both go together. And then also talking about, um, you know, like the body is like how things work, and looking at nature is how, you know, how our nat- natural law was part of that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that natural law, well, who's the author of natural law? Well, God. And so being in the theology of the body, you don't just talk about human sexuality and human relationships. You also talk about our relationship with God and the relationship to the rest of the world, I see, connected with that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I see, like, like what they say is, like, the original sin is human beings, you know, our pride, thinking that we can do things we don't need God or that we can do things without God. And I see that in how we've... Like we've built how we did in our built environment, how we've done our industry that like we almost want to like reinvent how nature works, but then that we find that it doesn't work because we don't really understand it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so nature is not our enemy is what you're right exactly. We are part of nature and we, we grew out of nature and I mean even you know John Paul II was talking about perhaps evolution is actually how we see God's hand at work, you know his creation still going on. You know, it's it's a big experiment, and we're just another one of the the creatures to come out of that experiment. What's next? We're, we're not really sure, right? And uh, even this, something as simple as 
uh, seed sprouting and growing. And we just still only recently have begun to understand that. And here we are, like, modifying our, our planetary systems and our, you know, our ecosystems so much that and we don't really understand how we're going to affect ourselves and everything else. And how it's interesting to me, <clears throat> I was listening to a, a radio lab, an NPR show on uh, Worth, where one of the segments was talking about, you know, putting value on ecosystem services. Because, you know, we're still a lot, of, you know, we're dependent on clean air, clean water, good soil to grow the food we need in, and, you know, we're dependent on all those systems. And we understand how many of them work basically, but there's so many intricacies and in how things interact that, and, you know, we're messing with it. And yeah, we're doing so we're sometimes surprised about how, like, wow, like, oh, wow, and our planet's resources are limited. Oh, yeah, we got over 7 billion people. Hmm. Yeah, everybody can't live, like, you know, like in the U.S. or yeah. even Europe. You know, it's like, huh, how do we do this? Um, Although we want to avoid the... Um uh, the Malthusian uh, situation, right? Where we're like, oh, well, um, you know, we have limited resources, therefore we have to, you know, they're... What they we come have back to, we, every once in a while. What's that? Oh, well, yeah. They, you know, Neo-Malthusians, and they're always wrong. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. The, uh, Malthus, that we eliminate you know, you, some of the population. Yeah, we eliminate people because <laughs> they're, the, they're the problem, basically, where it's... Um, uh, where in actual... Well, we talked about that in terms of waste. Um, people are, uh, We're talking about that... You know, in 2050, I don't know, there'd be like 10 billion people on the planet or so. And um, uh, But then there's the question about, you know, about waste in agriculture, right? And you were talking about like the 30% number or possibly 40% of agricultural crops that are wasted, either either in, in farmers' uh, uh, in, in farmers fields. Uh, uh, some crops aren't harvested just because they don't look, or, you know, there's blemishes on fruit or veggies that they, they think they can't sell, right? But... Um, you were talking about that, though, right, about the processing. Everything um, from processing, and we put all this energy into the processing and the growing, the harvesting, the processing, the transporting of our food, and then a lot of it we, I don't know, you're just not hungry, or, you know, just, you're just, I don't know, something goes bad in your fridge, goes bad in the restaurant's fridge, or, you know, there's leftover food on the plates at a hotel, restaurant, or whatever, you know, it's just, um, right, how much food, how much but not just the food itself, it's the energy and water and other materials that go into helping to grow it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do something with it to, to even to compost it, it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to dispose of it, to deal with it, to handle it, to, and it takes people's time and energy to, to do that too. So, and as well as transportation systems and et cetera. So it's See, I wish there it was something like in, in Futurama where they had bachelor chow. You know, something like that, where it's just you know nuggets of food for bachelors. I mean, that you would measure be, it out. You know, do yeah, you want yeah, a half yeah, cup, just, a cup. You know, yeah, yeah, just like I feed my hamsters. You know, they get little nuggets of stuff. You know, that would work, and it, it's it stays forever. You know, um, or like I said, you know, this makes a case for Twinkies, right? Because they, um, you know, they'll yeah, last, yeah. they last forever, right? <laughs> you know what so Soylent is? Uh, I like Soylent Green. Yeah, it's yeah. made of the best stuff on earth, people. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah. I kind of yeah, they, too. Make, <laughs> they make an actual version of it that's not made of people, but yeah. that could actually constitute your meal. Hmm. So yeah, I have a friend who eats this stuff. It looks terrible. I call it Soylent. So it's not, it's it's not people, but it's, it's called not Soylent. People, yeah. But it's called Soylent. So a label on it that this and is it not made for people. <laughs> yeah, it actually does, cover. and it does have all the nutrients you need. You could huh. you could eat that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just chow. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I a lot of it so, is for yeah. people. It's flavor and texture and everything too. Right. It's not just part of the experience. But yeah, you can. 
But then if you look at nicer, some of the nicer restaurants, too, they actually give you smaller portions. You can have mm. smaller portions. You can still... Or going to a restaurant and sharing food with people, you know? Like, you order this and I'll order that if you go with a friend or two, you know? Right. Or family members, whatever the situation is, and you can... Or making sure food. you take it for lunch the next day. Yeah, taking... Or even you can even... I know people who even kind of tuck their own leftover container... <laughs> From home and there's other... Yeah, there's restaurants yeah. in Austin that allow you to do that, actually. Yeah, if yeah. you don't, ha- you want to use a styrofoam or the mm-hmm. foil kind of covered thing that right. they will give you. That's what I want to get into, is what's the laziest possible thing we could do and, and still be environmentally friendly? The so, laziest possible thing? Yeah, maybe? what's... Or, you know, what are uh, the most... Uh, I don't know, live uh, near work and walk across the street to work. <laughs> but yeah, I already... I'm, 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 like, within 11 minutes of work myself, so... Actually, I had a boss that was very green yeah, who used I to commute yeah. um, 40 minutes every day. So, but he'd give me grief for not being green enough. But I was pointing out that, that you know, he actually was, you know, just burning up, burning yeah. up carbon all over the place. I mean, but I mean, but, a lot uh, of people, you know, that's where you can afford to live, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he could afford to live closer. But yeah, there's an affordability. It also means a one. He wanted a lot of land. Oh, he wanted a lot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I, I like living in the city since I also I'm half blind too, so having transportation options. Is important to me, mm-hmm. and having other people around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, having a smaller plot of land is fine, and you know you can get out of the city on the weekends, you know, when you need to um, or want to. Um, but yeah, I think looking at the whole package, like it, you know, like even if you say where you can afford to live to, like for people who are living in suburbs, if you're still working more in town, it's looking at the cost, you know, to your vehicle and your fuel, and because the maintenance on the vehicle as well as the fuel is an issue. Well, that's what I was going to ask about is the, um, since now oil prices are low, um, uh, I guess that's, that sort of had a detrimental, I'm guessing it had some, some, some detrimental effect on developing like alternative fuels to fossil fuel now, right? Um, Maybe on biofuels, I really haven't looked into that, but it still seems that the whole electric vehicle sort of movement and shift is continuing. Just, I mean, it's, electricity is still so much cheaper than liquid fuels. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, in that case, it's it a, makes a sense. You know, it's, for electrical, it's, it's sense. a matter of um, it's a matter of the efficiency of the, of the generation of the electricity, right? Or because you're, um, you know, the power company can generate much more uh, generate electricity much more efficiently than a car can generate energy out of gas, right? Right. Yeah, the combust converting that chemical under energy to mechanical is there's a lot of efficiency losses there. Yeah. But, and then, like I said, a lot of people who I may have mentioned this earlier, um, but have electric vehicles, have solar, too. They want to have, make sure that they're offsetting their usage mm-hmm. and more, the usage of their house and their vehicle with a renewable source. Um, That's my argument is then when the zombie apocalypse happens, then you don't need the energy grid either. You can just charge up and go, and, you know, you're, you're still good, right? So Right. Yeah, you might have to look at... That's a good point. Yeah, you get a little likely, too. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, highly likely. You're good to go still. Or any kind of apocalypse, really, you know, you're... It's, it's much better. And then if you add rainwater collection, too, you can... Yeah, yeah. you can fresh water. That's what, what I hear What is the you. best way to collect rainwater? Uh, just, you know, like on a standard roof. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to collect it from your roof, you wouldn't want to have, you know, a, your standard shingles. Mm, okay. uh, so, clay, like, tile mm-hmm. and metal roofs actually are better. Mm-hmm. And it would still be drinkable? Yeah, you, I mean, you do some filtration, and then there are systems to basically use some, typically it's UV light, mm-hmm. and some disinfection and filtration systems you'd want to have to get the grit and particulate 
Mm-hmm. Some of the, kill some of the biologicals that might have started to grow in there. Mm. So, cool. But yeah, you want to know pig tank too. You know pig piping. You know, like piping you can't the see through. The rays of the sun can't. Yeah, it's about you know, that the that right so stuff can't will grow right in your water. What about earth? I mean, sometimes people would use that for watering instead of having a you know. I guess they could pipe it into a sprinkler system, right? So then they're mm-hmm. allowed to. I would guess they're allowed to water their lawns then with that with collected rainwater. Right? Yeah, I can do that. And there's also. In Austin, just I think a year—it's over a year ago now—that um, you can actually use gray water. So water coming out of, like, for instance, your washing machine, yeah, dishwasher mm-hmm. or a shower, you could use to, for irrigation purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just more, like I say, relatively recently cool. allowed in the Austin area, but what within the city. See, my uh, argument was in about five to ten billion years. Now the sun's going to expand. To the to the the orbit of Earth, right? Yeah, and they're, they recycle I mean, the whole. It's yeah. gonna recycle the whole planet into exactly the whole. So then, sun is, you know, stars dying and being reborn, that kind of. Cycle. Yeah. So in general, so in, in the long term, we're we're gonna be all, it's gonna be recycled anyway. So this is more like medium term recycling. That's what we're talking about, really. Oh, so. like, I mean, using the sun for, or just. Well, just in general, what we're talking about. Oh, right? oh so, yeah. You know, if, I mean, human patient- lifetime is relatively is very small on a geologic yeah. or stellar time scale. Yeah. Know? So if you're patient enough, oblique. really, where we are recycling, it's just a matter of you know time scale. Yeah. So even plastic actually is biodegradable if you're patient enough. Yeah, you want to wait after for thousands, hundreds of years. After, after thousands or millions of years, it's going to it'll degrade, right? So. Yeah. Well, what about so? Yeah. So now the the Pope is uh, the Pope's fairly green, right? Even Pope Benedict was um uh, was he he wanted to be known as like a green Pope. Right, and um, I guess he talked about uh, he, he talked about some of what you mentioned, right, about the um, being uh, custodians or stewards of God's creation. And you said you uh, so you, when you visited the Vatican, you guys um, you observed uh, the um, I guess the Vatican's got solar panels, right? Well, yeah, the papal audience hall does have a, a solar installation hmm. on its roof. Uh, we couldn't really see it from where we were, but they did have you know some signage inside. About it, and I, I you know I don't remember which pope it was either. They put someone's name on it, you know. Mm. I, I want to say it was like Pope Paul or but you know it was a few popes ago. Yeah. So, but I, I'm not sure whose tenure on, under whose watch it was installed. Mm. You know who, who actually got it moving and got it installed. So it has his blessing. So we don't have to be druids in order to be environmentalists. We can actually be. Uh, since I think we talked before, uh, I mentioned this before in the podcast. Like Saint Francis was one of the early environmentalists right i mean he's you know you know and you, you got your saint francis bird baths there all over the place right so that's pretty much uh, all the ones oh. saint francis holding up the bird bath oh well, yeah those are my much. favorite uh, i think those are accurate i don't so have I, one I <laughs> he may have uh, you know what i don't like is the saint francis statues where he's really chubby huh just doesn't seem right. Yeah, he was a mendicant, and he was, like, right. begging for his food yeah, and wandering around pretty, from yeah. place to place, so he got plenty of exercise, right? Right. My yeah. high school was St. Francis uh, Catholic High School, and we had this this gaunt-looking statue of St. Francis yeah, holding a, a couple of pigeons. That's what I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. People would dress him up, put graduation mean, robes on him in May. He may have been, Putting you know. a scarf on him in winter. Yeah. But he may, you know, he may have, you know, had a donut occasionally, you know. I mean, who's to say? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. You're right. Nothing's impossible. We weren't or, alive back then. Yeah. I, I guess he probably didn't hit McDonald's, though, but. I don't think they had um, McDonald's yeah, like back then. Yeah. Probably that was, a couple, was that? maybe a hundred years later. That's know. even less <laughs> likely or later, or later, than the zombie apocalypse. Zombie <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> it could. I, I don't think the Pope said anything about the zombie apocalypse, so. 
I would say, yeah, but you, you have found, you're right, it's more likely that there would be a zombie apocalypse than St. Francis of Assisi ever stopping at McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd assume so. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. They might be equally likely. Yeah, well, I think one equal, of the things yeah. though, it's in Pope Francis's message is also his, you know, his message of you know simplicity. Yeah, and that would actually get us a long way mm-hmm. uh, towards being better stewards of our resources. And you talked about yeah consumption. Right. Um, yeah. It's yeah. it's how not just it's what you consume and how you consume and how much. Yeah. It's like what and how much I think, because if you're being more simple then you're not you don't have to have thirty pairs of shoes and you know a different wardrobe practically for every season and you know well, I'm, I'm wearing a purple shirt today because it's um, don't have to eat a lot of takeout but. right you know and you can make some of your own food because it's, if it's simple you know you're just throwing a salad together with a few ingredients it's pretty easy you don't have to cook it right right <laughs> i do that yeah occasionally perfect austin you know. austin food you can still have cheese and other thing you know but i, I want to point out i'm only wearing a purple shirt because it's liturgically correct oh it's lent so mm. Yeah, I notice your curtains are also purple. Is that is that for Lent? So you have different curtains. For mm, actually, we don't. No. Okay. My husband's col- favorite color is purple, and it's, it's like my second favorite color. That's good. So. It works for Lent or Advent. So. Yeah, and you know, you just want to have different. K-State graduate. You have know, different curtains for every liturgical um, season, though. That's not yeah. as wasteful. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, just a bunch of curtains are actually interpreted that be that way. Yeah. So, so simplicity of life. That you know, I think that yeah would help. Yeah. Just that people didn't think you have to have every new electronics every few years and you had to have yeah just well, get yeah, a new be- house because you don't like the old one or get rid of your appliance or your couch or your because you know it's a new one now or I like this other color better <laughs> well yeah being in the tech industry i, I kind of like the fact that people have an insatiable appetite for tech uh, but uh but my, myself i still have my seven-year-old iphone so but uh, but yeah it's uh yeah you could you could always uh yeah there, there's the idea of um you know, that our consumption, you'd mentioned, right? It's sort of like if your your consumption in some ways is impacting other people's lives, right? Yeah, because so. also, and, it's, and also when they produce things like goes out into the air and the water, whatever is emitted, various sorts of synthetic chemicals that weren't intended to be in nature, and then they go and impact people and animals, you know, so once you actually are aware of that, that can become sinful because you're choosing to do something that hurts someone else. Yeah. Or choosing to, you know, you know, you you're going to get fat and if you eat too much stuff, but you do it, it impacts you. And it also takes away potential resources other people can use. So it's just interesting thinking about how your actions do affect other people. But I mean, what if, what if like certain chemicals though, like, you know, impart like superpowers to animals or people? I mean, how do you know that? I don't not, know about those. How do you know that's not <laughs> benefiting them in either. some way? I mean, I, I, it's a possibility. Well, you know, know, it's kind of so. mutants that don't take over. Our, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that could be, you know, all the parts of God, yeah, God's you know. plan for all we know. So, you know. You know, you know, life but, will, you know, life is determined to go on. <laughs> like Blinky on The Simpsons, right, with three eyes, right? Oh, the so, fish, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you never know. That might, uh, there, there could be an advantage to that, right? So, And we're depriving them of not having three eyes by our actions in some ways. Yeah, yeah it could but, be yeah. that way. I guess it could be argued. Uh, that, that's more of a question for theologians, though. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Like, All right, cool. Well, interesting discussion on, on being Catholic and being an environmentalist. So, no, I, mean, and, uh, I, I just I think our, yeah, our current Pope has got like, some good ideas. That, I think that are both you know good, just good practice for everybody. And I even have like uh, like a non-Catholic friend or two of mine too say like, huh, I consider maybe I consider becoming Catholic. Oh, because of Pope, the... Pope Francis is right. He's pretty good. cool. Oh yeah, I, I've gotten it too. Yeah, the Pope Francis effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in fact, I, ha- I had a guy come up to me after a dance and say, Hey, you're the guy with the podcast, and then um. 
he said he was gonna, you know, coming back because of the new the, the Pope. So, but I was I was saying that's the I like know, the old Pope that's, too. That's the special we were running is having yeah know, with the new Pope, yeah. So. Yeah, come back for free. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, we'll yeah, it's, it's always half free, but yeah. yeah, we're we'll only make you fill out half the paperwork. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> wait some reduction. of the paperwork. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cut down Paperwork Reduction Act. Yeah, so, environmental. Exactly. Yeah, true. Yeah. Double sided paper. Double sided yeah, printing. Double-sided. Yeah. yeah. Or just do it online. Yeah. Yeah, online. Yeah, parish on. Yeah, do it at home. Yeah, we have the uh, I confess app and everything now. So, oh, really? So. I haven't heard that one. Which is yeah. not the same thing as confession. Yeah, I think it's probably not. Yeah. I'm pretty they sure had to make an announcement at one point that right. that was not the same as going to confession. Yeah, because I don't think your cell phone can provide absolute. I think the app might actually. Is it a face? Is it face? Is it like a, a Skype? Or it's just a list. It's oh. like an examination of conscience. Oh, it's oh, more yeah, of a tool, I guess you could use yeah. before going to confession. Yeah, right. So they put a disclaimer oh, yeah. that was like, by the way. Yeah. This is not the sacrament. You and do have to go. If you could do it kind of like a FaceTime or a Skype or a web chat, I you know. That would count either. Would that count? I don't know. My brother does actually spiritual direction through web chat because he has yeah. people that aren't That's not in concerning. the U.S. that he, yeah, it's, you know, I think you have to be present. I think you do have to be present. Have to be present. Otherwise, I guess, would, uh, so would the app, like, collect your sins and then feed them to Google for... Probably, for processing. so Google knows so. what to market to you. Yeah, so... Google so. can play into your... Into your into your sense, yeah. Vices. Or, or well, obviously they would. So help you could you. check. Would you like to help us? Help us? You know, you know, send you things to help you avoid your vices. Or would you like? yeah, they could play right. either side of the street, really. So yeah, yeah. or they'll just help us. Yeah. Like, huh. You know, like, shall we play to your vices? Like you know, check this box. <laughs> oh, I've been too greedy, and then Google sends you a bunch of ads for things you don't need. Yeah, but see, their uh, but their their company motto is "Don't be evil." So right there. Is but, that their motto? Yeah, yeah I think that's oh, their motto. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's their official sure. motto. Don't that's their official evil. motto. Don't be evil. That's dumb. So yeah, well, I'm not gonna get it. Don't, I don't Sounds like a variation of yeah, Will Wheaton. <laughs> all, all opinions, really, they're not mine. They're other people's. So yeah, don't sue me, Google. So, yeah. I don't make money off of that. I just yeah, the truth. Yeah. I'm all right, so, talking. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of probably good. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> so, we're done. So we're, I think we're done. So we uh, covered zombies and mutant covered. fish and yeah, I uh, confess. Yeah, and confession yeah, so apps. All, so yeah, also a great movie. I think we'll talk about good, that so. next time. Yeah, and I'm trying to do a podcast uh, every week during Lent as penance. So yeah, we'll we should have another one. Help uh, us all, all do our penance as, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy the interviews, but it's the editing mostly that's penance. So awesome. But, yeah. Wow. So we'll look for another one soon. So all right. So uh, thanks for being on the show, Jen. All right. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yes, and, thank, and thanks, Jane, for uh, co-hosting this week. So, I'm giving you a thumbs up. Yeah, good. Yeah, so that's excellent. So, all right. So we'll take a break, and we'll be back. That's the show for this time. I'd like to thank my guest Jennifer Lassiter for joining us and telling us a little bit about her work and her life. And also thanks to my co-host and good friend Jane Reingart, who actually is now Jane Marlette since she got married since we recorded the episode. Uh, also, thanks to my friend Katie Hauser for doing the intro. Excellent voice. And thank you for joining us for a mile or two in our walk with God. This is Joe Geisler saying good night and God bless from Austin, Texas. I'm so glad I'm one of Joe's people. And we'll have a lot of laughs. Be closer to the Lord. Just chill out now.